0: Three, two, one, zero, zero. That's our one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind.
1: Hello and welcome to Circular Business Podcast special edition of weekly GupShop with the Circular Collective. I am your host and host, Shri Priya, Shri And today, we are going to board the train into the history of repair and reuse fashion of India, whose artisans are popularly known as rafugars. And to take that discussion forward, today is Vikas Dargan from the Circular Collective, who is an architect, a cultural professional, and Anand Fellow. He is passionately working towards craft revival and rural livelihood generation in India. Hey Vikas, welcome to Circular Business Podcast. Kaisa lag aakar.
0: Hi Shriya, this is really uh, good to be here. Wow. Dilly me So wow. really looking forward to it. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. And I'm so looking forward to hear from you about your thoughts on uh your expertise, area of expertise. And like just to try and connect the dots, you know, I and Piyush many episodes around we have spoken of global best practices in circular economy, especially around textiles and fabrics. But one thing that uh, is common as a problem statement across all of these is that uh, fast fashion is trending not only in people's wardrobes, but also in the news. Like, <laughs> the, the reason mm-hmm. for it to make space in people's wardrobe is because it enables companies to mass market, it enables manufacturers to mass produce high end designs, and provokes consumers to buy the latest trend for cheap. Advertising, marketing, and marketing. And it is kind of creating a false need that they want consumers to wish they had something, right? The sale culture has triggered shoppers to buy more and it also creates an idea of false abundance. People just think there are stacks of clothes lying just for them to buy, which is why clothes today last less because all this arrangement has been made because the quality of your clothes are poor and which is causing wear and tear and that itself compensates for the cheapness, right? It has... Tuned users to buy new instead of repairing the old one. Because quality why, why would one spend time and money to get that mended? Instead, I mean, practically, it's better to buy a better uh, a better, uh, new clothing rather than mend that old pata purana kapda, right? And that's where I want to understand from you the story of Rafugari and why this art form Supports a circular economy.
0: Sure, Sipriya. So, I would like to start by uh, congratulating you for starting this amazing initiative and taking, uh, talking more about the cases and examples focusing on contextual solutions uh, for the problems the world is facing today in terms of uh, sustainable production as well as conscious consumption. Yeah. Thank you. It's more useful to understand the problem in our specific context than trying to impose Western solutions into our realities. Right. Uh, Because this is also an opportunity to question that why are we really relying on Western standards for sustainability? Because Mm -hmm. when we talk about our Indian culture, traditional crafts and ritualistic practices, which has been portrayed as primitive superstition or as simple as like when we talk about uh, india was said to be the land of snake charmers and babas since colonial era right so our indigenous cultural systems and practices has had the sustainability and material conscious factor at its core right. and if we really look closely into it this has been uh, the primary reason that it has passed the test of time and the legacy continued across generations. As uh, history repeats itself, we have shown uh, multiple times and to lead the future, it becomes crucial to be connected to one's cultural heritage, Mm -hmm. especially in the times when everything is going online, our consumption decisions are being made by AI algorithms, Retaining a human connection in our collective values itself becomes an act of leadership. Yeah. And I strongly believe that now it's India's turn to realize its potential and revive the traditional knowledge and cultural practices to lead the world into a more of a sustainable and equitable future for all of us. And certainly the world is ready for us and eagerly waiting for us to act. We just need to step forward. Absolutely. And if we talk about India's culture, it is so rich and so vibrant that one can find an ocean of knowledge in terms of design, strategy, philosophy, and certainly our core subject, spirituality. Yeah. Uh, If we talk alone about festivals of India, the area of celebrations, prayers for good health, harvest, and prosperity, these all collectively evolved to support the most sophisticated and largest employment-generating sector after agriculture, the uh, cultural economy of India. The uh, design techniques of traditional crafts has not just been the carrier of cultural legacy, but uh, these this has been catering to the needs of the market by providing solutions deeply rooted in culture and scientific logic. Hmm. And if we talk about examples, it, it can be as simple as the petal and tambaj utensils that are back in trend after we like, got validation from the West that they are beneficial for our health. So oh, That's a good observation. Yeah, We are not here romanticizing the Sone Ki Chidia uh, phase hmm. of India. But at that point of time, each consumption had an occasion or purpose or a direct benefit to the artisan or a community. Right. And it's festive season again. We are ready. The market is looking forward in hope for better revival and the consumers are ready. However, living in a middle-class Indian family, it is commonly heard by a child complaining, Mama, this dress is slightly torn. I'm not going to wear it again. Please, please throw it away. It's better. Or Mm -hmm. maybe your aunt saying that, okay, you know, Bindu, I have never seen her wearing the same dress twice. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. If we try to analyze this consumption culture, we really find that it is made so obvious for the child that a product damaged has no alternative than to be discarded. And there is abundance of resources available to satisfy the perfectionist mentality. And like we are like Seeing in day-to-day ads, Rithik Roshan saying in Mintra ad that rest of the fashion is not enough when you can have the best of the fashion. But the question we are not really asking or or training our child, children to ask that the what are we really going to do with the rest of the fashion? Where is it ending up? Or if you talk about the other case that consuming more fashion is often a, so, a social status, and most mm-hmm. of the times aspirational. Yeah. If now we talk about the darning, the act of darning clothes in the times of fast fashion and overconsumption seems revolutionary in itself. Mm-hmm. However, it has been a tradition in different parts of India. Like, if we like, despite being one of the largest global exporters of handloom, medieval India devised a mending techniques that varies from different parts to parts. As part of the system, unlike today's business tycoons and corporations with built in obsolescence market model yeah they th- those are like just built to last a couple of years, and maybe that's <laughs> and yeah. And one such example uh, is the magical darning craft of uh, Kashmir named as Rafugari. Abhi we, uh, like since childhood, I have been listening to this term Rafu. Because in childhood, something was wrong, so we were going to go to any level and say that it will be Rafugari. Hmm. But it's running a word from Rafugari. Hmm. The, the uh, traditional craft of Kashmir. So Rafugari is a specialized technique traditionally used to mend holes and damaged areas in the fabric, mm. primarily using the needles and thread. That's it. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to learn more about this technique when uh, Heritage Craft and Community Division in organized the workshop in the summer of 2018 uh, with the, uh, the Rafugas of Kashmir, which really strived uh, to revive the interests of the youth and women to take up the skill as an occup as the full-time occupation. Okay. The technique involves matching colors and weaving out the fabric so that the repaired patch merges with the rest of the fabric. Mm-hmm. So it is it is really a skill of a carrier to make his work invisible and undetectable, totally yeah. transforming the personality of the cloth. So that's that's the beauty fit that you do not even realize that there was a uh, the burnt. Yeah, exactly. It not just extends the life of the textile, but the perception, the precision and the uh, patience involved in the crafts makes it unique and truly remarkable. Uh, traditionally, if you uh, see the like day-to-day uh, activities of these rafugas, they used to carry all pashmina pieces and the yarn so that they can pull the uh, threads out of it, match the thickness of the Thread with the uh, subject they are working on, then it was dyed to match the color, and the piece was re- restored. And it, if we talk about the, its heritage context, its its uh, reference in the uh, history, it has been well documented in Mughal test, text. Text uh, these Rafugas from Kashmir from were hired from the court to keep royal uh, pashmina shawls intact. The Intricate and exquisite work of these craftsmen really impressed the Mughal emperors. Uh, and today, if you uh, look around, some descendants of these highly skilled rafugas settled in Najibabad, that mm-hmm. falls on the medieval trade route connecting Kashmir and Bengal. Okay. So that that was in a way connecting road from Kashmir to Bengal, and all the traders walking by, they it was a uh, like regular business for them. Hmm. That's That was a prominent location for them to settle, get settled. In those times, the craft was much celebrated and catered to the social-cultural needs of the community. However, over the course of like uh, last uh, five decades or six decades, the inception of the consumer markets in India, hmm. leading to the available of, of cheap, mass-produced fashion and the idea of uh, production being associated with economic growth And that was Uh maybe relevant at that point of time after independence. Everyone has to like get in a job and consume more and produce more. So that was the culture of that time. But this really engraved the appeal for the new as the middle class obsession. Hmm. That we are consuming more and forgetting that, okay, things, there is a possibility for the older thing to be mended and conserved and like carried forward so the this this specific typical consumer behavior to the modern lifestyle and aspiration really pushed these uh, skilled darners of india into darkness
1: okay so is it still alive uh, what uh, how many artisans are really there today who are continuing this art form
0: that's that's the worst part of indian handicraft sector that we have <laughs> Uh, a lot of statistics talking about craftsmen but we no one is talking about with confidence mm-hmm. so we do not really know maybe uh, some handful of are still working and still continuing this cultural legacy but in uh, 1980s a large chunk of kashmir's cottage industry was really centered on the manufacturing of woolen chathers. Mm-hmm. and brafugas that that primarily uh, were the women who were expert in repairing the torn or bunch chathers, which were further converted into patu. Patu is the, like, inner lining of the coat.
1: Huh, huh.
0: And the craft has been facing the threat of extinction as the younger generation does not really find it monetarily rewarding enough that their families can depend on it. So it's a, like, really snowball effect that the absence of mm. Rafugas and Srinagar led to the business owners say that, okay, like, now we do not have the skilled artisans so they have started outsourcing the work from different parts of the state uh, different states of uh, the country and that really adds on the time, uh, to the time consumption the cost incurred and most importantly it is a missed opportunity for the like local indigenous kashmiri communities right, right. but if we look uh, this in a zoom out way this all complications adds to the uh uh complexity for the consumer to reject it that okay, it's so much easier for me to just buy a new one than to Correct. uh pay extra for that. So Absolutely. this this all has worked against itself. That's the thing right now.
1: I remember there are specific pieces of clothing. Literally, I couldn't give it to anybody because it was so bad. In con- and a, these are good clothings, right? So I had to take the decision to put it in waste because nobody can use it. And now mm-hmm. I think if only I had the option of having a really skilled rafugar in my city, it would have been yeah. helpful for me, right? Because I don't know, I, I feel That'll I have be. an emotional connect with. Um, certain clothing that I have discarded before. And emotional say SA I mean at least
0: Haji. there were times Bilkul, when Bilkul.
1: Indians held on to their Maruti 800 for more than, what, 20, 25 years, right? Just because emotional value of owning your first car, right? Why only cars? During marriages or uh, significant events in people's life, they usually tend to wear a part of their ancestral clothing or accessories, which means they have consciously spent time in mending and preserving those goods. But today, the convenience of modern supply chain have bought in a totally, it's, it is totally affected human behavior. So do you think that preserving and mending behavior has an effect on our mental well-being as well as a community?
0: Yes, I totally agree to this. And thank you so much, uh, Shapriya, for bringing this uh, really crucial topic uh, uh, in this segment because it is quite interesting to know that the power of branding has a significant impact on the way we think, act and imagine our futures. So, uh, let's talk about a research by Francisco Martinez, an ethnographer from the University of Helsinki. In his research, he suggests that uh, repair helps people to overcome the negative uh, logic that accompanies the abandonment of things and people. Uh, Practice not just brings the balance to one's need but also establishes continuity, endurance and material sensitivity. This, this uh, amazing idea takes its own shape for the Indian context where traditional wears like saris, shawls that has been passed on to like generations to generations and, and certainly worn with pride has a deep cultural and emotional value attached to it. Mm. And in, in this context, if you imagine throwing it away, throwing the uh, cloth or the sari or the shawl, throwing it away, if damaged, this can be perceived as a threat to the cultural identity, the heritage, the memory of the lost one. Because it may be resembling some specific uh, unique uh, craft item or maybe mm-hmm. my grandmother gave it to me. So if I, it, it's not easy for our cultural context to just give it away we okay. hang on it and we try to maintain it as long as we possible. Hmm. And as as I mentioned that Intact has done a lot of work in this segment and, and a really prominent designer, uh, late Mrs Priya Ravish Mehra, who is not anymore with us, but she has done significantly well what's contributing to bringing this invisible craft to light. And certainly each effort counts, you know, uh, and much more efforts are required for the inclusion of these skilled craft communities in the mainstream value chain. And honestly, working at the grassroots level, this has been my significant realization that Consistency in business opportunities is the only motivation for the younger generation to continue the craft legacy. We may mm-hmm. romanticize with our culture and say that okay, this shit, this this thing should survive and go on, but that doesn't really make sense because at end the end of the day, it is someone's work, it is someone's uh, livelihood. It will mm-hmm. like it needs to make money. Business is a major sustainability factor.
1: Correct.
0: And and for the lovely audience or the people listening to our discussion, it's, it is really important to advocate our culture and traditional crafts. But it's much more important to be the reason that these uh, crafts survive. Just I, this was the stark uh, uh, realization for me that one month into my new uh, job working with the communities, I realized that I never... Uh, had a handicraft item bought myself and I realized that how just just it's a like good reason to check that how many handicrafts I have bought in the last two years or two like it's it's a check on ourselves and it it is also a motivation to buy more of these sustainable products we may gift uh, these items to our uh our loved ones And certainly wear it with pride and share it with the friends to share the happiness. And given the circular nature of the craft, encompassing and promoting these practices to achieve sustainable development goals will, will be highly beneficial for the community itself.
1: That's a beautiful point that you brought in, especially now Ganesh Chaturthi. I think across a lot of states, they are celebrating Ganesh Chaturthi. People That's visit true. each other, get togethers, they send each other mm-hmm. gifts. And now, the point hai, it made me also think when was the last time I purchased a handicraft? And yeah. we kind of ignore it. Yeh hamara wo ek purchase a genuinely honest artisan ke livelihood may contribute karta hai, which is something that we all can do we if we have the capacity to spend 5000 rupees in just gourmet shopping so yeah. we definitely have the capacity to support an artisan a local artisan for whom it is life changing and it is Certainly. it's it, like you said it's a moment of pride to own such artifacts at home and have those right apne gifted to your loved ones while i was doing the research for this episode i came across this youtube video which which was talking about this rafugar community and uh do, i think ye, najibabad artisans te, they had they had in their hand a 100 year old shawl Just yeah. artisan a date Likha hua tha. so they were saying they oh, yeah. so what they were explaining is that you can you know how old this work is because there was a custom to put the date while yeah. they were uh, doing that rafugari ka work and so uh, wo language aati hai, they can easily make out how old this material is and that's why it is Ajay. important and the moment I just pele there was a time when I used to be like ah okay 10 old I mean it's anyways old yeah. but the moment the number becomes like it's 50 years old it's 100 year yeah. old it becomes more of a, um, uh, what is that antique antique Anji. than just owning a product for yourself right it is it, it has got now a whole new level of respect preservation and kind of museum bana sakte if only we have the capacity cool. to encourage cool. such artworks so thank you Certainly. so much for enlightening us about this art form and how it relates to Supporting circular economy. I mean, I understand that due to lack of recognition, lack of business, lack of work, these artisans are unable to keep up, keep the art form alive. And moreover, due to poor financials, I'm sure the next generation of those artisans, even though they are good at the craft, they might not want to pursue it as a profession. Why would someone Achy. choose a livelihood which is only going to uh, cause them pain, right? They can't even lead a, a decent livelihood with that. And Anji. this whole system would only lead to the death of Rafugari, which is my biggest worry. And why only Rafugari? I'm sure there are so many more art forms in India which are which are at the tipping point right now. I mean, if people support it well, it has a chance to boom. And... Anji. As a solution also, I was just trying to think what really can be done. I'm sure there are multiple pathways, but something that came up while uh, prepping for this episode is that today most fashion houses tend to focus on formal developments rather than mm. process and material innovation. Now, material innovation is coming a hai, especially when people have started pushing brands to go sustainable. So just That's imagine right. how different the fashion would look if only these fashion houses formed coalitions, came together, raised, um, raised funds to specifically support local artisans from across the globe. Yuki, it's fashion. Everyone loves it. Who doesn't want to own mm-hmm. a nice piece of art and wear it and walk with confidence? So if through our own purchases as consumers, we know that the artisans who have culturally learned these crafts, if they are getting a livelihood by my purchase, it could be just any commercial brand also, right? All I'm doing is the same, same work of going into the uh, shop, buying it and coming out. But just because the That's ecosystem true. has now changed, Jahape, the brands are taking care of the artisans, the age-old artisans, and kind of creating a whole new... Uh, Conscious shopping, I think, is very much. And that is one way I could think of where we can keep such art forms alive, which have been sustainable in nature since the beginning. It's not extinct. Nahi hoga. And uh, we, we certainly can find ways to be in perfect harmony with Earth. And on that note, I hope, um, I hope we have given you enough food for thought to think about your fashion choices, and to also think about what action can you really take in terms of supporting your local artisans if you know such communities. Let us know your thoughts about our cultural segment. This was the first episode and we have done a kari ki how do we present uh, this topic to you, uh, uh, to all our listeners. And um, I'm, I'm seriously so humbled by the support that I received from the Circular Collective. So thank Thank you, Vikas, for sharing such amazing insights and bringing these art forms to notice. It is not a commonly spoken topic in today's world, especially in cities, so I doubt these topics even come out. In a regular conversation. And that's where and if the conversation just because you cannot see it, you think it is not a problem. Which is, and I think we we are uh, trying to trigger those conversations a little bit more. And dear listener, if you want to support in reviving art forms across India and which are especially the sustainable art forms that artisans are facing troubles or you want to help them out in any way possible, reach out to us because we are figuring out ways to help and we can definitely form coalitions ourselves and uh, try to bring about that change. So feel free to write to us on circularbusinesspodcast.india at the rate gmail.com or you can reach out to Myself and Vikas on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Messenger, un sabke links show notes. Mein diye gaye you can also reach out to the Circular Collective on their email ID, info at the rate circularcollective.com. And we will find ways to uh, get this solution going. So just reach out to us, and it will be so cool to work with a fascinating team team of folks whose mission he had to generate a circular economy for India as well as the globe, right? So if this episode has added value to your life, then make sure that you share it with your friends and family. If you find value, they too will. So help us create that ripple effect. We are counting on you for your support. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you
0: soon in the next episode.